Uh, what's up, everybody? Episode, what is it, 26. Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Jason Martinez, Russ Cohen, at Sportsology on Twitter. Sportsology.com is going to join us in just a second. Tones takes today and the curious case of Rasmus Ristolainen. But let me tell you about Parks before we get to Russ Cohen. Uh, Park Sportsbook, that's where you got to get all your action in. My phone is buzzing like crazy. It's going nuts. Um, but uh, that's where you got to get your action in. Uh, because you can take advantage of a $500 risk-free bet. Just download the app, sign up, deposit, and your first bet is risk-free up to $500. You don't need a goofy promo code or anything like that. And you can bet on player performances, goals first to score, uh, exact score, uh, over-unders on points. You can bet on all kinds of stuff, and including, obviously, you know, puck lines, money lines, props, parlays, same-game parlays, live in-game betting. It's all there for you. Just peruse the app. Enjoy it. You can use it for all the uh, college hoops action this month as well. It's obviously a big month to get action in there. So, again, download the Park Sportsbook app and just uh, deposit, open account, deposit, and you get that first bet risk-free. Tone will give you some good places to put your money as well. He's having a real good season. And make sure you follow Parks on the social media channels, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. And there you'll get great content, daily specials, and tons more, including this fine podcast and the man who joins us right now, is a fine gentleman and a good guy to debate about the curious case of Rasmus Ristolainen and much more. It is Russ Cohen at Sportsology on Twitter, sportsology.com. What's going on, Russell? Hey, Jace. How are you? With you coming on, hold on a sec. We have to have a ceremonial. Let me get my painting knife out. And let's crack the uh, crack the seal here on a five-hour extra uh, strength, five-hour energy. Oh, boy. We're talking Ristolainen here out of the gate. I got to get a little jump in my game. <laughs> If I'm going to go over the boards for a shift, I got to have a little jump. All right. Here we go. You ready? I'm going to shoot the whole thing in one shot. L'chaim. There you go. That means to life. Down the hole. There you go. Down the hatch. I was going to do for you, Russ, today. Let me turn on this light a little bit. Give you a little more light. I was going to wear this beauty today. Oh, look at that. I like it. How about that beauty right there? So, okay. It's got a C on it. Yeah. Strip the C. Uh, who's who's on the back of this? I mean, you know, my first thought is, was Ronick ever a captain? But I don't think he was. There's a, an indication. Shane Doan? Nope. He was that was he was after that. Yeah. Kachuk. Boom. All right, my second choice. Keith Kachuk. I, I saw Keith the other day. Oh, did he, you? Yeah, he was scouting a game that I was at. He's a big boy, huh? He's a big guy. He actually, we, we, we conversed a little. We don't know each other. I've interviewed him, but he doesn't remember me. But it, it was fun. He's, but he's out there working. I think he and I are, were born a day apart. Let me look. Um, I played against him a bit uh, when I was growing up in oh. the, the Boston Metro League. It didn't go well for me. No, I'm sure it did not. <laughs> he was an animal. In the, be- in the crease, forget it. You couldn't yeah. contain him. All right, so he was born March 28th, 1972. So he will be 50 coming up on March 28th. Yours truly will be 50 on March 30th. How come wow. I look so much better than him? He looks like shit. Well, you go <laughs> tell him that in person. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a hard pass on that one, Russ. Yeah, you better. Um, <laughs> let's start with, you know, the outrage on social media 
you know, I see it and I try not to react to it. I'm trying to use social media for promotional purposes only. These you're days. trying not to react. I, uh, I've I'm, seen you. You know, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm much better than I used to be. I used to be yeah. an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still an asshole, but just not as much on social media. Right. Got um, it. But you know, like people are, are are outraged over everything, and when shit goes sideways like this season has gone, I get it. Like people are pissed off, like where this organization has devolved into. Right. Uh, and a lot of the anger, you know, Anthony Sanfilippo, I think was the first to report it. And we talked about it when we had him on here about Rasmus first aligning and that there was an offer of roughly six times six, six times six point two five. Right. And that initially wrist aligning. And, you know, I know Anthony has corresponded with Mike Liute, who's his agent, mm-hmm. wants to go to free agency, wants to play for a winner. They believe that if he gets into a playoff series, he tr- shows his true value there. And I actually agree with that. Because mm-hmm. in a seven-game series, I think a player like him pays even bigger dividends. Sure. But um, but then, you know, the, it got out there about Petrie, who's 6.25, oddly enough, but only has three years left, but at 34. I like Petrie a lot. I really uh, do. I don't. I don't. I, I liked what I saw last year in the playoffs. I haven't yes, this that's year. the last year's Petrie. Yeah, well, he's been checked out this year until of late. He, actually, he's played pretty well. But. He has, but he's not going to get younger. That's my point with that. Yeah, with the totally term. agree. Yeah. Wh- which is which brings us to the curious case of Rasmus Ristolainen. And you know, first of all, at, at first blush, where do you stand on a six times six, six times six two five on Ristolainen? I could take the deal, and I would definitely take that deal over Petrie because I'm not worried about Ristolainen breaking down. He's never really mm-hmm. had that issue. I not expecting points from him. So that's fine. So even though he had the, three years in a row where he had, or four years where he had 40, 45, but he's not that points. guy. No, you know, the problem is he's not going to play that role. Yeah. He's not going to play that role. And if you put him on the power play, you see that. Yes, he has a great shot, but it takes him a long time to take it. He's better off just, you know, whatever shots he's going to take, take him five on five and don't worry about him on the power play, but everything else has been good. I would say uh, he's had some game saving plays recently you know saving some goals big ones i know everybody wants to point out oh look there was his turnover you know like you're you're a defenseman in the league you're gonna have some but his physical play has set him apart from other physical defensemen and so i'm way more anxious to give him that money than a petrie because the role is different the role is something that is going to be timeless for this team no matter how long it takes them to get good and that's the point of it is you wouldn't have to worry like, Hey, are they making the playoffs next year? Because, you know, I brought this guy on, he's going to be there a while. But again, the issue is like you said, he's been pretty weird about um, talking about his contract just in general. Yeah. And, and I think that he's still kind of burned from Buffalo on that. And, and so I just, you know, I had a feeling he was just going to go to free agency no matter what, even though I believe he likes it here. But I yeah. just feel like they were dead set, you know, against signing with anybody. But I think that's the right offer to give them. I do. Yeah. Because on the open market, Ross, I think he could command a salary that starts with a seven. Oh, I would and never the, pay it, though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. To me, there's a tipping point, obviously. You know, when I have yeah. a, a second pair of guy. Now, there's a couple of reasons why he's going to get that kind of money. Why I think six times six or six, six two five. And I think people aren't considering these couple of elements. And I'm almost going to kind of read from a, t- a text exchange I had with a buddy of mine. Okay. And here, here's what people have to realize. First of all, he is a right shot defenseman. And that's mm-hmm. the bit of the unicorn in the NHL. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of guys 
and that the availability of those players is limited. And most coaches prefer to have a right shot on the right side for obvious reasons, because the stick is board side. Although I do want to point out Mike Babcock one year had all lefties on a power play and it was a pretty good power play. Yeah. We asked him about it when he came in here in Philly. So it's, it's been done. Yeah. Yeah. It's been absolutely. But the, the thing that people have to realize is that, okay, open market, he's going to get more money. And then you also have a cost for replacement. So yes. A, you got to find a right. So Petrie is one of those guys. That's an option, but he's 34. But you also have to look at this element and, and look at right shot guys and what they are getting paid of late in the NHL. Do we have to look back at that Seth Jones extension eight years that kicks in next year? That is an insane number. We that's have to look at that because it is insane. And that's what happens when you try and trade uh, when, you know, you're desperate for something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dougie Hamilton, great player, got 9 million. And Rasmus Sirtlein is not Dougie Hamilton, but no. th this is market value. And mm -hmm. I mean, look at a player, like look what Edmonton, look what Edmonton paid Darnell Nurse, 925 on an eight year extension yeah, that's an overpay. next year. Yeah. But but the overpay sets the market for right-handed, right-shot defensemen uh, to play. You know, those guys are top pair. He's not. So, obviously, he's not in that conversation for that kind of money. He's a second-pairing guy. So, that sets the market first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But really where the, the meat of the argument is, Russ, is the analytics, right? And what we've... I'm not saying the analytics on Ristolainen are wrong because the numbers are what they are. And they're tracked the way they're tracked. But I think people have to consider this. I made this point on Flyers Daily the other day. I went on a bit of a rant. And this isn't, you know, to ridicule anybody or anything. The analytics community, I'm buying into analytics at a rate that I can't believe that I'm buying into it. These yeah, days. I buy into it a lot on goalies, to be honest. So I agree. That's what example. opened me up to it. Yeah. But what, what people have to consider is this. The Flyers have committed five now full-time salaried employees to analytics. Ian Anderson's the director of analytics. They have now five full-time, well-paid, uh, medical-benefited employees. But they how many of them are true data scientists? That's what you have to ask yourself. Four. Okay. Our That's good. I, I had Ian on the podcast the other day. Okay. Guys That's that mine for data, and then it's you know about the collection of data, deployment of data, and how right. it's used. Right. But that's, clearly, a, that's an important fact to me. I wanted to just say that to you so people out there yeah. understand there is an importance to that. Yeah, that, that that's an important that is it's a huge element of it. And part of the reason why that's that staff grows is the data dump of the NHL, which, as Ian said on my Flyers Daily show, that wasn't just that. That was a 10 times when the the total dump of data comes from the NHL with tracking and everything. Yeah, then it's going to become 100 times data. Sure. So, you know, team analytics and, and the information that they collect is different than public because the team has more data, not because they can see more or they're more skilled, but because they have the data that comes to them from the NHL via tracking. They also have the data that comes to yeah, them. It's proprietary data. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if, if the organization and Chuck Fletcher, Ian Anderson goes to Chuck Fletcher and says, I want to grow the department, you know, two more people. Here's mm -hmm. the pitch. It was initially three, but they've hired two now and they're looking for right. another, but uh, to grow it to six. So he goes and presents it to Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher says, I like it. He presents it to his boss, Dave Scott. He gets it approved. They make two hires. They're now five people deep. 
And then if on a polarizing player like Rasmus Ristolainen, they lock, offer a contract that's totally out of line with the analytics and they defy the analytics and the, and the department that they just grew into five people, wouldn't that put a huge bullseye? Dave Scott would be going, well, wait a minute. Why am I growing this department if you're not going to listen to them? Right. Well, obviously right. the analytics don't show him to be the shit player that public analytics do or some in the analytics community would make. Well, okay. So as, as nicely as I could say it, or as gently as I could say it, unless you have been in school and really studying data and really understanding how to report it and collect it and research it, you know, people put online, Hey, I've researched something, but have you done like real true scientific research? Chances they, they've are, actually read somebody else's research, right? Which can be jaded, right? So chances are they have not, and, and especially of their own, they haven't put. Chances are most haven't put together all of that. So when you see a lot of this stuff publicly, yeah, it's either based off of somebody else or somebody is creating their own data. But again, how much? What kind of tools does that person have to create that data? That person who is doing that. What is, what are what is that person's credentials? Like if all of a sudden I told you, hey, Jason, I've got all these new analytics and boom, I sent it to you. Look, you know me, but you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going, well, OK, how's where they collecting this data? What, right. how, what's his determination on a zone entry being contested or not contested? Right. Like Steve Valakat's number. We, we had Steve on. You and I talked yes. to Valley. Um, and we went through the 24 points of data he uses yeah. to determine shot quality. Yeah. You know, did it cross the Royal Road? Although Larry Brooks right? doesn't agree with him. But that's another story for another day. Larry doesn't agree with anybody. But, <laughs> but, but like I, you know, Valley was the guy that kind of really opened my eyes to it. Like I've always felt the notion of, hey, shot quantity doesn't matter it's about quality because i played the position mm -hmm. like and, and like if a team comes in and they have a three-on-one and a guy shoots a clear-sighted shot north of the top of the circle i'm after i catch it and mute the play i say thank you right because you just made it easy on me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so but the difference is though gms are never going to make a hundred percent of a decision based on analytics they just won't and they shouldn't and they shouldn't so it's a percentage and every GM is going to be different and every group is going to be different. Some may weight it 30%. Some may weight it 40%. Some may weight it 50. I know there are teams that weighted it higher than that and it's worked for some and it hasn't for others. We also have to kind of remember we're still in the early stages of hockey data. Yeah, we are. And baseball is way ahead of this sport. As far as that, not in anything else, obviously I'm, I'm, pretty disgusted with baseball, but we have to give them credit. Their statistics and their analytics, thanks to Bill James and others is still ahead of the NHL because they've been doing it longer. Yeah. So I think we also have to remember that like we're in the early stages of this. We're not in the, I don't know. I could be wrong because I'm not an expert on it. Nowhere near it, but I feel like we're not even in the middle stages of this. And I talk to people about it because I'm not the guy who's going to figure it out. So with someone like Ristolainen, um, we've all seen him play. I think at the end of the day, it's easy to point out the ills of somebody. And online, if you say that he's playing physical and he had some good hits, that's like a trigger for anybody that's been a Sabres fan. So they all of a sudden jump on it and they say, well, tell me something else. 
and they challenge you to tell you something else. And then even if you tell them something else, they don't want to hear it because that's all they've heard when they were in that market. And so he does a lot of other things. You know what he does also do that probably does not show up very well on analytics. He's made Travis Sanheim a better defenseman because now he didn't have to worry about uh, the defense of his job so much. And all of a sudden, you know, like the last 15, 20 games, the yeah. offensive part of his game has really kicked in. That's because of the confidence that guy next to him gave him. Totally agree. I totally agree. It's, it's, taking handcuffs off of Sandheim, who's now yeah. free to jump in the play. I mean, even the Edmonton game, he had a couple of chances. He just pucks rolling on him, just couldn't yeah. finish. Yeah. But streaking down that left side on the back door mm-hmm. to get a pass or deliver a pass, he's been excellent in that regard. He has. Um, and, and I do I do give credit to Ristolainen on that element of it as well. The other thing too, Russ, is this. Um, the Flyers, if you move Ristolainen, the Flyers – need more physicality if you lose him you're lessening that and they already need more than they have and that's a big part of his game they need more physical players right but i want to point out when you're saying physical players you're talking about complete physical players not a zach McEwen type exactly yes I'm, i'm talking about players that create space and accountability and play the game like the flyers have some big guys like Sean mm-hmm. is a pretty big guy. Kevin yes. Hayes, big guy. JVR, yeah. big guy. They don't play well, big. Well, JVR definitely doesn't play big. So no. Um, Hayes, but, at, 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 on rare opportunities, Will, uh, especially offensively, very not much defensively. Couturier will on both ends, but he won't yeah. do it every shift, but he does it. So I do think there's some of that. I agree. And some I, hitting, right? Yeah. Guys that finish checks. Well, well, all right. So here's the thing. So – this has been a bone of contention with me now. Look, we could all look at what the Flyers are doing, and I still think they're going to wait too long to start really seeing how to develop these guys at the NHL level, and they're waiting sort of until the end of the deadline, and right now they're playing these veterans that a lot of them will not be here, and it's mm-hmm. like it, and a lot of it's not going to raise their trade value anymore you know, someone like Braun, yeah, you could still raise his trade value. But JVR, you can't raise his trade value. He never gets benched, whatever. You know, we can go down the list. Yandel, you know, we know all about Yandel. Uh, there's some sort of deal, so you can't ever sit him because of the streak, God forbid. So you, so you look at that. And so, like, we look at Isaac Radcliffe. And I think Mike Yo probably knew he'd be up there on a limited basis. And if he knew that, why in the world were his last couple of games eight minutes seven minutes on that black hole of a fourth line instead of at least on the third line. I get it. He got some power play, but on five on five, they threw him out to the wolves. And it's like, how is he supposed to even see, how are you supposed to gauge how he's going to be at the NHL level, or at least get some benchmarks for him when you're putting him in those situations? Like it, the odds were against him. Yeah. And, and playing on a fourth line and not being a penalty killer, like in that Edmonton game, you're not going to see any ice because they had no. to kill off five penalties. Yeah. Patrick Brown led, led, led a lot of players with ice time because of the penalty kill, like 344 yeah. and penalty kill time. Yeah. I mean, there were six minutes of, of PK time in the second period of that game. Yeah. And I and, call that fourth line a black hole. Most guys that they throw on that fourth line, they just fall on that black hole. And they, mm-hmm. the black hole is. They don't really control the puck much. They don't score. I mean, that fourth line does not score. And no. once in a while, they hit. And that's it. That's all the fourth line does. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, 
you know, he was a guy that was elevated to the top line with Giroux and Atkinson at one point. For a game. Yeah, for a game. And, and saw some power play time. And then mm-hmm. obviously when Farabee came back, that dropped him down, but they, it shouldn't drop him there. No, it, it shouldn't have drop dropped him to, to the baseline. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Drop him to, you know, a floor down, but not the, exactly not the base. Because, I mean, at this moment, even if this is not the case, you're basically choosing Max Willman over letting Ratcliffe have a longer run with this team. And I don't understand why, because Max Willman's not going to produce offensively. He skates okay. Sure, he moves the puck okay. He'll get a couple of chances. He usually doesn't bury him. But this guy is your future. Maybe this guy could be a second liner down the line. But you have to, you know, figure out on this run while he was up here what you think he could be and then tell Le Perrier, this is what we want him to work on. And you're going to do that because he's very important to us. Now, I don't know where that stands. Yeah, and to me, let him make the mistakes. You got to make the mistakes yes. at the NHL level. It's part of and it. And it doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt the season. No, it, you have this almost free pass to fuck up. Yes. <laughs> For yeah, lack of a better term, right? Uh, I, I, the, the same thing goes with Frost. Let me ask you this question, Russ, because you, you've been a prospect guy. You're about development. Yeah. I mean, you are plugged in as much as anybody in North America. Um, do they get players ready? to go to the NHL and that's where there's been a problem once they get to the NHL because like I look at the arc of Travis Konechny I mean that was his slam dunk of a of an arc of development from draft through juniors through the whole thing to the NHL same thing with I mean Provorov was pretty quick obviously but that I mean look at you know Farabee was done well went to BU spent some time in the American League didn't make the team out of camp you know you look at some of these players and, you know, the arc of development to get to the Flyers has been really good. But the problem is this, there's been erratic play and regression at too high a level at the NHL than there should be. Right. And so, yeah, that's when you look at that. Most times you would say, hey, a guy was rushed, but you make a good point with connecting. I didn't feel like he was rushed. And no. for a couple of years, he was scoring at the peak you would expect him to score at. So clearly something else has gone south in his game. Um, that's when it's up to the guys at the NHL level to, to fix it and, and the player to through it, right. Coach him through it. And the player too. um, to be fair, actually like last game, I saw connecting when he like lost a puck in a corner in the offensive zone, just instead of like being like a bulldog and trying to go get it back, he just kind of pulled up and was like, I'll get it. If it comes back around and you know, that, that complete battle of his, isn't there all the time now where it used to be. And so that's not, that's not on anybody's development cycle. That's on the player, but the coach has to tell the player. And if the player doesn't listen to the coach, then this, and this is the biggest problem that Mike Yo has. And and we interviewed someone from Minnesota and he had the problem there too, because I kind of remembered it, but now I'm seeing it again. He doesn't bench veterans. He doesn't bench underperforming veterans. He won't do it. Dean Evison's doing it in Minnesota, and it's working. He won't do it. He'll bench the young guys. He has no problem benching the under- AV mindset, too. AV did the same thing. Yes. And it's not a good way to go because then the accountability isn't all there. And so I think think more than a development, there's an accountability problem still within the Flyers. You know, players like Giroux, Couturier, you don't have to worry about those guys for accountable. They'll hold themselves accountable before anybody else. But there are other players out there that definitely don't. They may say it, you know, like JVR and Konechny. They may say it, 
but they're doing something else. And we see it like we, you know, and, and look, connect. had some good stretches last few games, but not for a whole game. Yeah. I don't see him for a whole, I, I, for a whole I think 60. A, a bad game against Edmonton. I mean, the, the lazy stick penalty in the neutral yes. zone. Oh no, that was brutal. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's but I mean, just... I'm just talking about just making plays offensively. I saw a few good pushes, a couple flashes here and there, but we're still not seeing the same old Travis Konechny. And so, yeah. I do think the Flyers have had a development issue, and I am not going to lie. There is an issue right now in Lehigh. There's no question about it. But again, they don't have a true assistant manager who's in charge of Lehigh. They don't. Yeah. Brent, it's not on Brent's title, so it's kind of like floating in the wind. They need to nail that down at some point because even Danny Briere doesn't have that in his title, so you don't know if he's going to oversee that. Yeah. They need to add more layers. They could add another um, goaltending personnel. They, you know, there are teams that have more than two now. They have mm-hmm. two. So, you know, everybody thinks the Flyers are kind of all stocked up here, and, and they're not. And yeah. it's showing in Lehigh, and it's hurting them in the Lehigh. NHL. When you see Ratcliffe producing more and, and doing better at the NHL level than the AHL level, you know there's an issue now. That's not to say everybody's not developing down there. There's a few that are, mm-hmm. but there's not enough. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting, too, because, you know, the Flyers, you know, Travis Konechny is is an interesting case because he's a player that I mean 24 goals a couple of years ago the year before AV got here mm-hmm. right in 82 game season then he had 24 in 69 games 30 goal pace yeah and was an all star mm-hmm. then came back from the to the bubble and w- couldn't score and then yep. last year and and I think I got to correct myself too because AV did bench Konechny. Oh, he that's did, right. He did bench connecting. Yeah, uh, he he healthy scratched him. He healthy scratched Jr. too or JVR too. He did. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's true. It, it was something he did. We shouldn't he have folded know. that in, but but Yo has. Yeah, him. yeah, but, but generally speaking, you know, AV was a guy that w- always preferred veterans because it was the known yes. commodity versus the unknown commodity. Yeah, you know, but veteran players have le- less of a difference usually between their best game and their worst game. And even though their best game may not be as good as a young players, their worst game is nowhere near as bad as a young player. Right. But here's something I proposed as an example on Twitter, you know, the Dallas stars have been in scouting a ton. So clearly they're either interested in Giroux, Braun, or maybe even connecting because again, they're on that cusp of being a playoff team. Yeah. And I would offer them Konechny. And I know Gorianov has sort of fallen out of favor with him a little. Mm-hmm. He had a 20 goal year a couple of years ago. He's yeah. super fast. He's big. He is a guy that's got a load of talent. And the Flyers do have a talent deficit in the sense that they have a lot of guys that play like Konechny or, and I won't say like Farabee because Farabee's better than Konechny now, but they have a lot of guys that play like that. But they don't have a lot of guys that you would say have a super high skill level. And, and so you get someone like Goriaf in a trade, you get maybe a pick in return, you're saving on the cap, you're making yourself bigger and faster, because I think he's still faster than even Konechny is. And you know what? That's a good way to go. I'm okay with something like that. Well, you, do you look at Konechny in some kind of deal with a team like Vancouver? You look at a Besser or something like that? If they were going to do that, but again, I think everybody's for sale there except Hughes. I don't think Patterson, the Flyers can afford Demko. Besser because he's going to make like you know seven and a half, eight million bucks. They yeah, can't afford him that. a couple. Rush, you look at him a couple years ago. Like I thought that guy was headed to be a star, not a superstar, but we just did a star. too. But he got hurt, and so sometimes. Yeah. But when healthy, he's always going to be on a thirty goal pace. Like that's a legit thirty goal goal scorer. Like yeah, that's he's just such a good shooter. Yes, he's a terrific shooter, and and he does some other things. But the point is, 
Flyers can't afford them. Like you have to dump the whole JVR contract then and probably give a, either a first round or some other player or something because you don't have a second rounder to like Arizona to even hope to do a deal like that because again they're so cap strapped for next year they have to start cutting and like a, this is like with Connecty this is a way they can cut and maybe not lose on talent and sort of change up what they have that's what I would try and do and if look if they can't dump JVR then they're going to buy him out like that's that's going to be the next step See, I wouldn't even buy him out I just bury well, his contract in the AHL next year. If you don't, why buy, buy him out? Why stress well, out? Why spread out my pain? Well, because the send him to the AHL, you don't get rid of it all. No, some of it though. Yeah, and that's so you're better off buying him out and getting the cap savings. I believe you could double check me. I believe it's bigger than if you buy him out than if you send him to the AHL. Yeah, and it, well, but it's yeah, not great I, yeah. either way. Yeah, um, yeah, because he has a signing bonus, a hefty signing bonus, and that's what screws things up. Yeah, I mean he it's a shame too. He he's a good guy. Like a really He's a good, great guy. Look, we all say that every cooked. time. Yeah. He may not be fully cooked, but he's cooked in this market. Yeah, I agree. And he, he definitely either needs to change the scenery. Like I'll go back to the to the jersey where we started. Yeah. I, I, I've changed my view on the Arizona Coyotes. Last thing for you, Russ. Okay. And my view is this is a ridiculous. Get this team out of the league, move them, sell the team back to the NHL, put it up for auction, and they go to Houston or they go to Quebec, mm-hmm. they, wherever. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But I, I've changed my mind because the league needs the Arizona Coyotes. As a dumping you ground. This is what exactly. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, an, it's, it's a a trash dump. Yeah. Where you can send contracts to because they have to get to the floor. So every league needs an, a, a team that's willing to take on your mistake because they don't offer amnesty buyouts anymore. Right. So I, 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 I go full Nathan R. Jessup on the Arizona Coyotes. go, you need me in this league. You that's want right. me in this league. I like your thinking on this. I still would rather have it the first way that you were mentioning, but I understand the need to have that dumping ground. I do. Yeah. You need All that right. area for the uh, the league to dump bag contracts. I Russ, as always, great appearance. Uh, sportsology.com. What's the latest on the web? Actually, I just put up, um, I interviewed John C. Riley and Sally Field recently for Winning Time. It's a series about the L.A. Lakers on uh, HBO. So I put that interview up there. It's up on Sportsology now. I did do a, um, a, a dive in on Flyers developmental cycle for defensemen. That's Saw up that. in the hockeyology section. So, and I'm going to have some more stuff about winning time because I, I did interview a few other stars and to me, it's going to be a, a terrific series. So, you know, check that, check that out. We're about that too. Did you ask Sally Field about Gidget? No, we didn't go into that. Oh, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> hey, listen, we all watched it. If, uh, if you're of a certain age, like we are, we all watched it, but you know what? She's still great. She's great in this and she's a really good person. She had a lot of fun with the interview. John C. Riley, I, you know, he really re- responded to a question I gave him uh, about Jerry Buss being smarmy. He loved the word smarmy that I used it. So it, we had fun. This was a it was a fun time. Those people who worked on that on that um, series and it's going to looks like it's going two seasons um, at least. So that they had fun. Awesome. So that's a that's a great great thing. So check out all the Russ's work at Sportsology.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Sportsology. And you can go to EP Ringside too, where I literally just put up uh, an article on Shane Wright, uh, who's going to be the first overall in this draft. You could pretty much count on that. And also um, Brad Lambert, who's an interesting, and that's somebody that, you know, the Flyers may have their eyes on. So, yeah. 
Well, they could end up with Shane Wright, too. You never know. They're in that. Never know. Russ, thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk. Okay. See you, Jason. There he is, Russ Cohen at Sportsology on Twitter, uh, sportsology.com. How about him? Landed an interview with Sally Field. Not bad. Russ Russ getting the job done. Um, uh, Before we get to Tone's takes, let me tell you about Park Sportsbook. Download the app and just download it. Check it out. Check out all the different things you can bet on. Check out the different ways you can get in on the action. Tone's going to give you some plays. And just open up an account, deposit, and your first bet risk-free up to $500. It's that simple. There's no promo required. So, again, just go to the Apple iOS store or the App Store on your Android, whatever it is, and check it all out. Or go to parksuccino.com slash PA. And uh, make sure you just open an account, deposit, and get that first bet risk-free up to $500. And make sure you follow Parks on the social channels. I mean, we are pumping out so much great content. And I'm not just talking about Stick to Hockey Live or the AGs podcast, which are obviously great. Uh, but also with Natalie and Sam and Matt Alba and everybody, great content there, daily specials and tons more. So uh, it's well worth your follow on Twitter at Park Sportsbook, P-A-R-X Sportsbook. Uh, also follow them on Instagram, YouTube and Facebook as well. And you'll just get great content and great information and, and all kinds of great stuff. So, again, download the app, open an account, deposit, first bet risk free up to $500. Make sure you follow them on the social channels. Let's do a little something right now. We do it every Thursday. It's a little something we call Tone's Tape. And there he is. What's going on, Tone? Hey, Jason. How you doing? Doing good, man. Like, I, you know how to play to me. You've learned, young Jedi. Because <laughs> the, fir- the first thing you have is a goalie save props. I'm like, yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> I'm so into, you know me, I'm, I'm just such a freaking goalie nerd. And yeah. saves or shots on goal in a game. Like I was going back and forth with this guy earlier. Like I don't give a shit how many shots on goal you get, nor right. anything south of forty-five. If you get above that, there's obviously going to be quality in there. But anything right. south of forty-five, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Definitely. Damn it! So absolutely, I agree with you. That's my rant. But I, I do like teams <laughs> that generate shots because that that gets the goalie into the game. And I, you know, you look at like Carter Hart. Nor anything north of thirty-five shots, his record's unreal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I think that that's you know that's a goalie getting into the rhythm of a game, and it's not necessarily about qu- quality um, or quantity. It's about quality. So um, tone uh, at tones takes on Twitter. Let's get down to the business and let's start with first and foremost an over on saves in a game and Carter Hart. That's your first play. Yep, over 28.5, minus 110. Uh, he sent this in five of his last eight games and four of his last six. He's coming off two solid outings the last two games. He's definitely in the uh, in the zone right now after that eye injury that he had. Uh, Minnesota they averaged 30.6 shots on goal per game on the road, which isn't anything crazy to a save prop of 28.5, but my angle on this game is that they're off you know, four straight losses. I think they're going to you know focus on putting the puck on net. Uh, the Flyers are giving up shots, 33.1, you know, shots against at home. Um, you know, Hart has a 0.911 save percentage at home. He's always been a good home goalie. You know, he's one of the – he's not a problem this year for the Flyers, probably the only thing that's not a problem. And, 
Yeah. I, I think the I think the Wild are gonna uh, are gonna um, you know pepper him tonight. So I like this. Uh, I like this number. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Even though you're, you're laying a tiny bit of juice here, I love it. I think it. I think it's a great play because I think he's playing really well. Like I watched him really close the other night. I talked to Kim Dillaball yesterday, and he's on today's edition of Flyers Daily, and just talking about his play reading. He just seems on mm-hmm. it to me. Like I watched him in that game against Edmonton and the game prior to that against Washington. And I see a guy getting to his spots, waiting for the puck yep, on his exactly. feet. Right. And yep. that gives him all his options for save selection, you know, beating the pass on his edges, I think is yeah. and that, to me, that's the sign when he's playing really well. Yeah. And you know, it too, for a goalie when, when that's happening, then you're like, they're in the zone and they're feeling good about their game. They're yeah. anticipating like it's, He's he's definitely locked in right now. So hopefully he continues that tonight. How about let's let's talk about a team that since their coaching change from Travis Green to Bruce Boudreaux has done really well, and Vancouver are getting plus money, plus one hundred five, uh, and coming off a loss. But you like Vancouver in this game? Yeah, I like Vancouver to rebound. They lost in New Jersey seven two a couple of nights ago. Uh, they won their last five games off a loss. Uh, Demko will be back in goal tonight, and you know we've talked about him before. I'm a huge fan yeah. of this kid. He's uh he's a guy who can you know backstop this team to if they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, Islanders have struggled in their new building. Um, they're they are ten ten and four there. Um, they just beat Vancouver last week in Vancouver six three. So I think the Bucks are going to be ready to uh to get the W here tonight. I like the value on it. All right, so you got Vancouver plus 105. Let's go uh, to a team we just saw. Boy, they've been good in their last 10. Seven and three uh, are the Edmonton Oilers. you got to look at that team and go, okay, they're, they've been a bit of an, uh, an erratic team this season, either really good or really bad. But under the mm-hmm. coaching change, they've been really good under Woodcroft. And they, they're a different team. The detail in their game, had, you know, even though the Flyers had a good amount of shots on Koskinen the other night, and he's been unbelievable now in his last nine. I think he's 8-0-1 in his last nine with about mm-hmm. a nine twenty two save percentage. Uh, but you like Edmonton here, minus a goal, but plus 110. Yeah, minus a goal, plus 110. They're 7-3 under Woodcroft, 5-2 and two on the road. Uh, six of those wins, they've covered the puck line on it. Uh, Blackhawks are 9-14-4 at home. 13 losses have come by multiple goals. Wow. Uh, I don't see how the Blackhawks are going to hang in this game. It's time for Edmonton to string together some wins. They've lost a couple in a row on this uh, road trip, but they're kind of, you know, back at it now. Uh, I like I like the value in this play. I don't I don't think the, the Hawks may be able to hang with them for a period or two, but I think Edmonton should uh, win this game by multiple goals for sure. And then, like you said, Koskinen, he's dialed in right now. He's had a, a great game against Florida on Saturday, and he played yep. really well against Flyers the other night too, so. Yeah, the couple of those two losses they have. I mean, they played two really good teams. The two losses came mm-hmm. against tough opponents, including yep. uh, Carolina on uh, Sunday. Um, let's look at stay in that game. Let's look at Connor McDavid because he's fun to watch play hockey. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yes, over <laughs> three and a half shots on goal and not not laying a lot of juice here, in my opinion. Yeah, he's hit it in seven of his last 10 road games, uh, 27 shots uh, You know, during uh, during his last five, five games that he's hit this. Um, Hawks, they average uh, nine penalty minutes per game. So, you know, he's going to get his power play opportunities. Yeah. I, th- I think Connor's starting to kind of take take things over here, you know, lately. Um, you know, he wants to get this team into the playoffs. I know they just uh, acquired Kane, who kind of, you know, has a good shot producer himself. But I think McDavid is uh, ready to put this team on his back and do whatever he can to get this team into the playoffs and should continue tonight. A relatively uh, decent number for him at three and a half. 
watching that dude play in person again the other night. It's been a while. It was three years since we got to see him in person. Holy shit. I mean, yep. I, I think that a big element of his game because of how fast he is and how skilled he is. And we see those highlights of him cutting through, you know, five players on the Rangers earlier this season, some of the dynamic goals that he scores. And I think that a big part of his game is just the mind, the mind game of having to deal with him and not knowing mm-hmm. what he's going to do. <laughs> you just see it. Like you see the, the, the trepidation in, in people trying to defend the dude. I know. Yeah. I was at that game three years ago when the, when, when he was here yeah. last. So I was, I, I got to see him in person too. It's like you said, he's, he's, he's amazing. It's he's, a freak show. Yep. <laughs> like, like to be fast, like there's a lot of guys that are really fast that can skate as fast as him per se, but he can, his brain is a super computer while everybody else is a Commodore 64. Yep. <laughs> he can calculate and play at that speed. Not everybody can do that. That's what's sick about him. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, at Tones Takes on Twitter. Where else is, is your stuff at, Tone? Yep, At Tones Takes on uh, on Twitter, posting daily uh, daily NHL plays. So. so check it out there. Give Tone a follow, at Tones Takes. Tone, thanks for doing this. We'll talk next week. All right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it, as always. Awesome. There he is. Uh, Tones Takes, another segment in the books here on Stick to Hockey Live. And, and Tone's been just absolutely killing it. He, I mean, some of his numbers, year-to-date NHL, plus 19.67 units. Uh, goalie props, year-to-date, 36 and 23, plus 9.53 units. So great stuff. Uh, Hart over 28 and a half saves at minus 110. Uh, that's a player prop for tonight. Vancouver, plus 105 uh, in that game tonight. Demko back, taking on the Isles. The Edmonton Oilers, minus a goal, plus 110, getting plus money there as they are in Chicago. Uh, McDavid over three and a half shots on goal, minus 125. And then, uh, uh, so that's the four plays for Tones Takes this week. So best of luck to you. I got a great place for you to put those plays. And pick one of the four. And that's a $500 risk-free bet on uh, Park Sportsbook. So download the app. uh, Check it out. Sign up. Deposit. First bet risk-free up to $500. Any of those four plays uh, are warranted. The one I like the most, oddly enough, there's two, actually. I really like Hart over 28 and a half saves at minus 110. Uh, but I also really like Edmonton minus one plus 110. Plus, I'm mean, getting plus money there. Risk-free bet up to $500. So again, then just download the app, open up an account, deposit, and your first bet will be risk-free up to $500. You do not have to put any kind of promo code in. Um, so it's real simple to use. And make sure you follow Parks and all the social channels at Parks Sportsbook on uh, Twitter. I'll also follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, there you'll get daily content, great specials, and uh, tons more. And, you know, the other thing, you got obviously the college hoops coming up, and you can bet on all that stuff in the tournament. You have player performances. You have live in-game betting, same-game parlays, props, money lines, teaser. It's all there for you. Uh, if you haven't gotten into checking it out, you're going to see all the different things you can bet. Exact score, first to score, all that stuff is all on there for you. Uh, point totals for players. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Shot totals, obviously, which we just talked about, and save totals for Hart at 28 and a half. So uh, get the Park Sportsbook app, and uh, you will not be disappointed and take advantage of the $500 risk free bet. All right, that's going to put a wrap on another edition of Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. And we're going to dress it up come Monday. I'm not going to get dressed up. This is as dressed up as I get with my ping long sleeve on. But uh, on Monday, 
uh, from NBC Sports Philadelphia. It'll be Taryn Hatcher will be our guest, who obviously does uh, Flyers pre and post game live. So we'll have Taryn on on Monday, and we'll have another brand new episode of Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Everybody, enjoy the hockey tonight, Minnesota Wild and Flyers. Enjoy the hockey this weekend. We'll talk to you Monday on another brand new episode of Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great weekend, everybody.